0: Authentic Life with Josiah Ball. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Your Authentic Life. I'm excited about today's episode, as I am every single episode. Uh, Today, uh, we have Jeff Dio on here. Uh, He was the lead singer of Sonic Flood. And I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, all those songs were very essential to my worship, uh, mixes that I made. The burn CDs had all of Sonic Flood's music on it. So, uh, it was such a cool experience, uh, talking with Jeff and, uh, I know you're going to enjoy this interview with, um, with him because we talk about worship. We talk about the heart of the father, uh, as we worship him and encountering him. So, uh, sit back and listen to that in the middle of the podcast we do have our segment called pick and flick where today we discuss the apple original movie starring tom holland called cherry don't forget to visit Josiah.com to see all my links uh on there you can go and buy some merch and represent the podcast and advertise it to your friends don't forget to share this episode as well uh yeah so we'll talk more at the end here is now my interview with jeff Deo. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Your Authentic Life. I'm very excited for our guests today, um, the conversations we're about to have. Uh, Today, we have Jeff Deo on, who is a worship leader, author, and recording artist, artist, songwriter, speaker, and professor, who this says could eat Mexican food for every single meal. I just had Mexican food last night. Um, Well, I just want to say welcome to the podcast. Jeff, how are you doing?
1: doing great man thanks josiah awesome. i appreciate Absolutely. that you know i could do a little mexican food with my eggs and bacon a little yeah. broccoli, you know what i'm saying it's yeah good stuff right there <laughs> yeah do you have
0: good uh good uh mexican restaurants out by where you're at now
1: yeah we do i mean honestly i think we love making our own more than yeah. anything, you know uh, yeah. uh just doing it however we want to do it you know you kind of Bring all the options, and we have kids, and so it's like, hey, you can make a burrito, you can make a taco, you can make a tostada, you can make a taco salad, whatever you do, whatever you want, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm in that same boat. I like for me, it's like if it's not Mexican food, it's either that or just chicken wings. Uh, I'm up in the Rochester, Buffalo area, so we got some Uh, good chicken wings up here.
1: Come on, come on, love it, I love it
0: yeah, so well, I just again want to say welcome to the podcast. and um, you've done many things continuing to do many things, but I just want to know now, like, um what you know you you were lead singer of Sonic Flood, yeah, um going to through that and which was a quintessential album in a lot of kids' lives, uh, young adults um who are now either <clears throat> pastoring churches or like, Doing incredible things, and, you know, and that was like, you know, I mean, I think I was eight when that album came out. That one album there, so, um, uh, so yeah, I just want to say uh, it's an honor to have you here, and but I want to know what's going on in your life now. Like, what is God doing in your life? And we'd love to talk about that.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, thank you, man. I appreciate you even inviting me to be on this podcast. I love the the name Authentic Life. Maybe we'll get into some of that as well because that's yeah. a huge part of, um, you know, I do, obviously I'm a worship leader, a worship artist, uh, author, all that good stuff, but a big part of what, what I teach when I'm training worship teams and all that stuff is just the being authentic, you know? So yeah, I'll get into some of that as well, but, Absolutely. um, you know, as far as the Sonic flood thing too, just incredible. What's really fun to think about is it as, uh, February, 2024, Mm-hmm. it would be 25 years since that first album came out. That is wild. Uh, it's the Pink album. You know, a lot of people know that one out there. And, you know, then there's, of course, I I reach a whole nother generation that wasn't even alive when we recorded that album. Yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, man, I mean, that thing changed my life. You know, there's tons of stories behind all of that as well. I didn't really grow up in a, I mean, I grew up in a Christian home and I love the Lord um, with all my heart. Followed them yeah. all my life, but I really didn't understand like the vertical connection that you could have with God with mu- worship music. Yeah. Uh, so this was kind of this crossover for me. You know, I was twenty nine ish when when all this when that album came out and wow. we were recording the album. So up to that point, I really didn't know that much about that vertical connection that you can have with God. And so we kind of feel like we were building the bridge while we were walking on it. You know? Yeah. I get um, that. <laughs> I, I was totally learning and just grew by leaps and bounds just being in sonic flood leading other people into worship and wanting to be authentic in my own worship life as well, you know, which we all know, you know, when you're on a platform or on a stage or whatever, there's lots of temptations and it's it's easy oh, to sure. you know, fake the funk or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I've just had a huge heart to be authentic on the stage, on the platform and off because, you know, for me, I just I know that I have to look at myself in the mirror, me and God alone. When I lay my head on my pillow at night, you know, I yeah. want to be able to know that, hey, I'm actually worshiping the Lord the way it appears that I am when I'm on a platform. So
0: Yeah, that's good. And I yeah, think, so yeah, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I think that like, that's uh, I think a lot of people want that heart. And it's hard to achieve a lot of times when you're kind of getting a praise when you're on stage and it can definitely, you don't have people around you or yourself constantly getting that headspace of like, okay, this is all for the glory of God. You can really boost yourself up
1: and we're all subject to that in some way. Yeah. You can easily buy into your own press, you know, and and it's funny because we, we do that even at low levels, I think sometimes for sure. (laughs) you know, we just think, oh, well, we're the greatest or whatever. And I think musicians and, and artists struggle with like the, the extremes of being either full of pride or full of insecurity, you know, yep. those two opposite things, either I'm the best or I'm the worst, you know, and right. the Lord's like, no, neither one, I'm the best that lives in you. And I'm going to give you the strength, you know, to do what, what I've called you to do. So, but it's, it's a big deal. I, we were talking last night with my family, a couple of my kids, my wife, and we were talking about, costly uh, followership of, of Christ and how, mm-hmm. you know, some people say Jesus paid it all. and There's a song, of course, and we get what that means. Jesus right. paid the part that we can't pay. Right. Like, there's no way that I could pay the part that Jesus paid. If he hadn't paid his part, whatever I paid wouldn't matter. Right. But once he paid his part, there still is a cost Mm-hmm. to follow christ right you you give up everything you surrender it all you lay down yeah. you become a living sacrifice and so yes jesus paid it all but there is a cost for us to follow christ and i think what you're talking about you know trying to desiring to be authentic there's a cost that is has to be paid if you truly want to live an authentic life so yeah it's pretty intense <laughs> yeah it definitely is. Definitely. Yeah. So is. I know you were asking me. Um, you know, like, hey, what what am I up to now in life? Um, I can go into some of that stuff if that works.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know you're you're a professor. Um, what are you, do you teach? Music or worship? Like, is it is yeah, it yeah. A Christian college or is it what, what what do you what do you do?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll let me back up just a little bit. Um, yeah. Basically, you know, Sonic Flood album came out 1999. Um, toured with that band for a couple of years. Uh, first two albums, Sonic sonic flood and the live album that we put out called sonic praise Mm -hmm. Uh, that one became like a cry of so many people's hearts just that live kind of extended flow, holy spirit you know stuff going on an album the kind of thing that we're now seeing with like Mav city and yeah type of thing you know 25 years later right uh, it's really really fun to be a part of that then I ended up kind of on my own after that and, and was with Goatee Records. So a lot of people will know who Toby Mac is and yep. Mac still owns Goatee Records. So I, Sonic Flood was on that label, uh, then left. And then I stayed on the label with with uh, so- Goatee, uh, did three albums with them of my own. Uh, all worship albums, of course, as well. Yep. Um, <clears throat> an album called saturate one called light and one called surrender surrender was another live extended album that we actually recorded in new zealand wow uh, so all that stuff of course is on apple music and spotify where people want to check it out or whatever uh kind of get a blast from the past you know yeah um <clears throat> so did a lot of that uh traveling you know just god gave me a huge heart um somewhere around I don't know, somewhere like 2005, 2006, seven, somewhere in there, I really started because I was learning. I'm a lifelong learner, you know? So I was Mm -hmm. learning, 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 growing. And and like I was telling you with worship and understanding what is worship, you know, I grew up in a very conservative church, you know, if somebody raised their hand in our church, we thought they had a question, you know, Or like you in the back, right? <laughs> um, but I didn't know anything about like lifting up your hands or crying out to God or shouting or dancing or getting on your face before the Lord, you know. Uh, but around that 2007, ish time I had been learning so much that I I didn't realize this, but there was this teacher inside of me, this teaching, wow. and I I just couldn't help. I wanted to share. I'm like I'm learning so much. You guys gotta you gotta hear this. You gotta you know. And I, I wanted to teach so I, at my nights of worship and, and stuff as I was touring because we lived in Nashville for 17 years okay. uh, during that time uh, up until about 2010. So during that time, there's this teaching gift that was developing in me and I actually started a conference in 2008 because I had such a burden for my music friends. And, you know, it seems, you know, I'm pretty naive when it comes to, you know, I think everybody in Nashville is just loving Jesus and following yeah. the Lord and I got into some of those green rooms backstage, you know, festivals and all that stuff. And man, don't get me wrong. There's some amazing, amazing people back there. Authentic, true. Yeah. But there's also some of the opposite of that as well. It was disheartening for me because like I said, I'm kind of naive. I assume everybody's just pursuing the Lord and all that. So, But it was disheartening. So I just really had a huge heart for my musician friends, my, my singer friends. And so just felt like the Lord was calling me to start a conference to help equip and train up these young upcoming musicians and worship leaders before they get jaded. Wow. You know, before they get into that place where it's too late or it's hard. Right. And so it was called the pure worship Institute. Uh I was there for, did that for two years and then long story short uh, ended up getting asked to come on uh, faculty with North central university In Minneapolis, and so in 2010, moved to Minneapolis. Um, That's where I am now, and I'm teaching at North Central. Have been here for 14 years. Wow, uh, pouring into the next generation. You know, I got to be honest, uh, Josiah. Man, I mean, it seemed kind of small at first in the sense that now I was out there touring and and you know leading worship for hundreds and thousands and lots of people, and and here I am in a classroom with like 15 or 20 worship leading students. You're just like, ah, is this really what you call me to Lord? Mm. But one of the things I've learned is that God is about multiplication, not just addition. And so as I was pouring into these students, now that I've been doing this for 14 years, I see the ripple effect, you know, and I see how students have been gone out and they're in churches now and they're touching their churches, which is touching all these people's lives. And those people are touching their kids and their families. And, and so there's this, this beautiful, uh, ripple effect and you know the Lord was like hey it's great Jeff you're doing what you've you've been called to do, but I want you to build a legacy something that lasts once you're gone you know uh and so that's really what this teaching thing has become uh, for me to be able to 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 share I mean it's obviously it's good I still tour and uh you know I was just leading the North Dakota youth convention the last three days uh, awesome. about 1100 students uh, doing all the worship with my band and stuff. And just, ah, oh, I love it so much, you know, yeah. I travel training worship teams. I'll go in on like a Saturday with a, a local worship team. Sometimes they'll bring in several churches together and we'll do like a mini worship conference. And then I'll come in and come on Sunday and lead with their team and preach and that type of thing as well. So, so that's kind of the latest and greatest. I mean, you know, we also talk about some books, yeah, whole things. So,
0: yeah yeah and um i just love how you know the there's a i think my dad he usually talks about like there's the calling and then, then the assignment mm-hmm. and um the assignment is is so important to where you're at and, you know sonic flood was an assignment and now like you're teaching his assignment but the call is like still the call in your life you know worship leading um Going, and making disciples, showing people how to continue the expansion, the multiplication. And I love that, that 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 has been like the past fourteen years of solidifying as you've been teaching. It's pretty cool. Um yeah. to hear. And I love that. that.
1: I love that um, concept that you're talking about there. Um, you know, just the idea of really pouring into people and and letting God the assignment. You know, like mm-hmm. I love that you use that word assignment. Because I think, and this is maybe a side topic, but I'll just throw this out there. I feel like a lot of people help tell the next generation and really anybody that, that you know, you got to dream big and, mm-hmm. and if your dream doesn't scare you. It's not a God dream and all this stuff. And I, I totally get that. But I love using the word assignment because I don't, when I look at, when I even look at the dreamer himself, Joseph, yeah. right? That's where we get that idea. Like he didn't give himself the dream. Right. Like God gave him the, the dream and it was really an assignment. Noah yeah. didn't give himself an assignment to build a boat. Moses didn't give himself an assignment to uh, rescue, you know, set the Israelites free from Egypt. Like right. none of these people chose their path or came up with it on their own because they were right. smart or amazing. Or like God said, you know, Moses had a burning bush experience. Right. So I think there's a lot of pressure on people to... To think they have to come up with something great. Uh yeah. instead of just like number one, seek the Lord, seek his face, yeah. know him. And in that process, God will give you the, your assignment. So yeah. Love
0: it. Love it. So yeah, you've you've written a couple books. Yeah. Um, uh, and you have a, your most recent one um out is about as like training for worship leaders, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um what Hey, was writing always something you want to do? Or is it just like, I feel like you should do it because you're teaching. And then uh, what did that That look like for
1: you? Good question. I mean, it's definitely something that I've always felt like the Lord had for me. Mm. Um, It was, you know, I mean, it's funny to even think back to when I was first living in Nashville in 1993, um, I had like a nonprofit organization. And so I would write these letters, monthly letters, to supporters,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I I just loved writing letters to people and and making it right and I love words and communication and all that stuff and so even back in those days when I don't think I was really processing the idea of being an author, I loved words and I loved communication. I felt that it was so important to say it this way and the right yeah. thing to say and and you know playing with words so that people can get a picture and all that stuff. So. Uh, and then then as I continued to teach, uh, there was definitely this thought of, man, I, I need a textbook that, I mean, there's some great worship books out there. And I had some right. of those for my textbooks. Like, I really want to write what the Lord has put on my heart that I've been teaching at North Central for all these years. And so that's really what this book, Spark, uh, right. became. And, I mean, I've also got the uh, Spark te- uh, hoodie on. Come on. Somebody. Yeah. <laughs> but this book and it's it's not a thin one, you know. I mean, like, yeah. this is kind of your normal book here, and so <laughs> you know, this book is kind of my life. and yeah. And it's interesting to Josiah because the first uh, part of the introduction, the first line says, "I don't want to." So this is it says, "Comprehensive Worship Leadership Handbook," right? Okay. So it's yeah. text, basically. Right but hopefully way more interesting like than a textbook. Right. But uh, it's a lot of stories and experiences and testimonies and all that type of stuff. But the first line says, I don't want to help you lead worship. Mm. I want to help you spark culture, kingdom worship culture, to be exact. Mm. And and the whole point of this book, and it's something that has really just come into my understanding in the last probably 10 years is that it's like worship leaders have to think bigger. I think a lot yeah. of worship leaders, singers, people, they're just thinking about singing. And yeah. you kind of in this, hey, week to week, we choose a set list, we sing some songs, we worship God and, and call it a day. But I realized that the worship impacts the kingdom culture in such a powerful way. Pastors are starting to learn this now. Absolutely. That, you know, they're sharing the platform with these people. And you have to start asking, well, what kind of culture are we building with the worship, you know? Yeah. Um, and there's lots of different cultures in the church. I I tend to feel like there's some very specific things that God gives us in His word. yeah. And so like this book is basically the word of God the way that I have studied the word for years and years and years to try to help worship pastors and worship leaders build the kingdom of God through their part, you know yeah, worship leaders, singers they don't they don't own the whole service. Right? right? The leader, pastor does that, and we submit and serve. That's the whole point. Serving the congregation, serving the board, serving the pastor, but we do need to be stewards of what God has given us. So if we've been given 20 minutes or 40 minutes or whatever it is that time, what are we doing with that time mm. to build the kingdom, to help people grow closer to God? Because I mean, dude, I know you get this. I am convinced that if we can get people and i mean some people don't love using this word but to encounter god yeah. to just have fellowship with god if we can get them into his presence not with like an emotion or just goosebumps or something but truly in relational presence of god that changes everything absolutely that changes their life it changes my life like it gives me clarity of what does god have for my future What addictions do I have in my life that I can be set free from? What about that marital issue that I have? Me and my wife. Oh, we can have reconciliation because now I'm humbled in his presence and I can Mm. go back and tell my wife I'm sorry. And, you know, how can I parent my kids better? How can I be a better employee? All of those things happen when you encounter God.
0: Absolutely. Hey, guys, we'll get back to Jeff. Now, here's our pick and flick segment with the movie Cherry. Hey guys, welcome back to our Pick and Flick segment. This week we are talking about the movie Cherry. This is an Apple original uh, movie from Apple TV. Uh, It is starring none other than Tom Holland, and it was directed by the Russo brothers. Uh, And yeah, you should definitely go and check this movie out. Uh, Let's see. Rotten Tomatoes gave this movie a sad 37%. IMDb gave it a 6.6 out of 10%. Now, this movie got a lot of flack, it got a lot of um, bad criticism, but I have my theories on why this happened. one it was originally supposed to release in theaters but originally it was released on apple tv because it came out in 2021 so it was supposed to release in theaters in 2021 but we had this little thing called the pandemic in 2020 and that caused it to step back from no it was supposed to release actually in 2020 november 2020 so it didn't get released till march of 21 um so yeah all that to say This caused a lot of people not to see it. And those who did see it kind of criticized it very impact. I think if it was done in theaters, it would have been a lot better uh, received than it did on the streaming platforms. So overall, I give this movie a 7.5 out of 10 one, just the cinematography alone was unique. It was different than we're seeing in other movies today. Um, Blurred effects, different angles, different perspectives, and how it changes over time with the with the man's story. It is incredible. Uh, the movie Cherry is about a college dropout, army medic from Iraq, who is uh, anchored by his one true love, Emily. Uh, but he returns from war, gets PTSD, gets his life just gets wrecked by drugs, and he decides to single handedly rob banks um and as he's struggling in his world he just goes and robs banks so um it was incredible tom holland obviously was spectacular um movie is very unpredictable left and right turns every five seconds it was just it was great again russo brothers coming off of their the hype of the avenger movies created this movie very different than uh the speed of The Marvel Cinematic Universe, but still had what they um, brought to the table. So, uh, yeah, Tom Holland again. Incredible. Cool thing about this movie is I got to be on set for this movie uh, with my friend Garrett, who uh, he does. He's done stunt doubling uh and he was doing a stunt double shoot for this movie and he got me on as an extra and i got to experience and talk with the russo brothers and um got to see tom holland in action and his acting spectacular so it was really cool to be a part of it a movie and then see it come out so i'm biased a little bit because i got to play a role in it if you go and watch it try to find me it's during the uh the dinner scene near the beginning of the movie uh with all the he's a bar tom holland's a bartender in it um but yeah warning though this is a very very difficult movie to get through uh scenes of war scenes of drug use um and just depression and it is very difficult And the movie um how it's filmed makes it difficult to watch that way as well so if you're a film buff like me, go and watch it. You'll enjoy it. Um, not meant for children, but really well done. So, And that's uh, this week's episode of Pick and Flick. Let's get back to our interview with Jeff Deo. You know, when I was younger, uh, worship was essential in my life. Um, my mom was a worship leader, my dad, incredible drummer, and like wow. family was musical. I was the only one. I mean, I did I did hip hop music, but yeah, I was the only on, one man. that didn't play an instrument like the rest of my family. Yeah, and uh I but I always encountered God in worship, and then when right. my mom was leading and stuff, I remember one specific moment where it's like anything could happen to me in life and I can never deny the presence of God. Um, And you know, the difference when you experience God in that way, you know, the difference of the experience with God versus you're experiencing an emotion that was built into it. And when you experience that, there's no denial. There's no denial of that.
1: That's right. It's so good. I mean, it really is a life changing uh, experience. And of course, You know, we have, there's all kinds of controversy surrounding, you know, musical worship. And and I do like to use that when I say, when I talk about worship, because we understand that worship is bigger than music, you know, Uh, that that you honor God and worship him in your everyday life, whether it be through prayer or through reading the word or loving your spouse or Mm -hmm. or paying, you know, being honest about your taxes. I mean, whatever it is, you know, you're honoring God by obedience, uh, by living for him. And so, you know, we try to help people understand, like, what is this thing called worship? I even had a guy, um, one of my uh, colleagues at North Central University text me this morning and said, hey, you know, we have a kind of a bi-monthly uh, meeting about our chapel services at North Central. And and he was saying, hey, a student is going to come in to our next meeting and they have some questions, they have some concerns about uh, our musical worship. And we just want to have a dialogue and discussion. So those things are really healthy, but there's a lot yeah. of misunderstanding as to what that time is for. You know, what, what are we doing with musical worship? And and I think, you know, the end goal is that relational component. You really want to uh, experience God, connect with him and, and music becomes a tool or maybe a springboard to help us encounter God. Yeah. Now, conversely, I also think that sometimes we have to teach the congregation that God's presence isn't found solely in the music. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I love, there's an author, I don't know if you've heard of John Bevere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, Absolutely. You know, he and I would do some events back in the day together. And sometimes he'd, he'd say to me, hey, so you're going to lead, you know, you're, I'm leading worship and then he's going to speak. And normally, you know, you would come bring the music back after the speaking and have an altar time and prayer and all that. He sometimes he would say, "No, Jeff, tonight we're we're not going to have music in in the altar." Like, what? Mm. You know? <laughs> right. He's like, I want to be able to show people that they can recognize God's presence. Wow. When there is music and when there isn't music. Wow. Right? When you think about that if you have to always have music to yeah. recognize the presence of God, then where are you gonna be, you know, if you don't have a keyboard in that moment? Right. And <laughs> when you need God's presence. So I think that's really powerful. I
0: remember um, a friend tell me once he he, he went to a Bible college and was constantly in the prayer room, like seeking the presence of God, seeking the presence of God. And he's like, not feeling it the way I want to feel it. I, you know, like, or like, I, you know, I've, I've had experience with God, but I want that feeling. And he said like, and then one morning he was just eating cereal and all of a sudden he was just eating cereal, something so mundane. And it just, the presence of God just hit him and and just was started like crying at his breakfast and stuff like that. And like, and yes. the, I think that's powerful that that situations happen because that's the formula that we'd usually do church. And it's like worship message, more worship at the end for altar call. And, and that's the expectation. Okay, it's going to yes. happen and you're going to feel God in this presence, but then it becomes formula rather than your own relationship and experience.
1: That's the word right there, formula. And We yeah. do get into that in church services and our planning, all that. I mean, I, I have sat, I've been sitting in a middle seat on an airplane mm-hmm. at 37,000 feet with no music squished in the middle seat, but just closing my eyes, focusing in, engaging with God. And like, like you were saying about your friend, like tears just start to come down. Yeah. And I mean, I want to be careful because I don't think that, you know, you always cry in God's presence and no, it's not, yeah. chasing an emotion. That's what some people do and hear me. If you're listening out there, like, don't, chase the emotion oh i didn't cry therefore i didn't experience god's presence that's 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 not true right that's a lie but often there is something connected like when i'm with my wife i have emotions you know i'm Uh I'm encouraged but it's not always you know like joy and whatever it's like sometimes i feel that sometimes it's hey we're just doing life together yeah so but the point is to engage with god and do life with him, whether it's with music or when you're doing the regular things in life in your cubicle at work.
0: You know? Yeah, yeah, love it. I'm on board with all of that. And so, um, so you've been married as long as I've been alive. So you're coming up on your 31st year, or you just passed it. 32nd, yeah. 32nd, yeah. yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Congrats on that. Thank you very so, much. Um, yeah. That is, that is a lot of fun. And, uh, also, you know, it's encouraging to hear that you got, you guys came out with that album when you were, you said 29, cause I, I just, I'm turning 31 yeah, and, uh, done a lot of ministry in my life. And I'm like hearing this, like, like what's next for me, you know, I'm doing this podcast and, uh, wanted to get, do ministry to another level and stuff, but then, you know, looking for that assignment. So it's encouraging to be like, okay, I, I'm not. I haven't missed my time yet and stuff because I feel like you have to like rev up and then. Uh, but it's so cool to hear that. But um, yeah, I. Uh,
1: uh, I think that's I think that's really important too, Josiah. I know the Lord has you. Yeah. Know he has your future? Or, you know, He has your present and your future, and you know, I know. I just want to encourage you. You know, sometimes I'm sure it feels like, oh, what am I doing? I'm spinning my wheels, or yeah, you know, what's next? And and trust me, I get that. You know, yeah. I have been through a few iterations, you know, different, different seasons. I think mm-hmm. that's what we're saying too. When you were talking about assignments, like right, there's different seasons for different assignments, right? Absolutely. So, you know, to think that, uh, you know, the Sonic Flood album really didn't come out till I was like 30. And then, um, then I didn't start teaching till I was 40. You know? right. So I changed careers at 40. You know, and there's even some things coming for the future. I think that God is up to for me as as a 53 year old, almost turning 54. You know, yeah. uh, life is not over. Life is no. exciting and it's full. And but the point of all that is that we can trust Him. Yeah. Right. Um, our goal, and, and and maybe this is for somebody out there, but our goal is to to seek first. And it sounds so cliche, right? <laughs> <To> <laughs> seek God. Like, that's what he made us for. Yeah. Uh, you look back to Adam and Eve in the garden, and you think, what did they do in the garden? Like, God would come, and they would walk and talk together. Yeah. Think of that. The creator of the universe wants that. And then we lost that with the fall and the rebellion of, rebellion of Adam and Eve. We lost that connection. Right. And so God you know, came up with a plan, yeah, obviously, to be able to restore us, you know, and that's one of the things I talk about, um, you know, I, ha- I have this other book that I wrote, this Awakening Pure Worship book, mm-hmm. this one isn't so much for musicians, this one's really about, it's, it says uh, cultivating a closer friendship with God, Yeah, right, and so this concept of, of growing in friendship with God, and a lot of people, you know, they'll say, they think that christianity is more about like forgiveness of sins yeah or it's about the cross of course i mean my goodness right we have nothing if we don't have the cross we don't have right. anything if, if jesus didn't die but i like to kind of get us thinking outside the box a little bit and in the book i write write about this and i'll say something like this jesus didn't die for your sins and mm-hmm. then i pause and I- and people are like, what are you talking about? I'm not right. listening to this Authentic Life podcast anymore. They're <laughs> teaching heresy. Well, let me finish the statement, right? Jesus didn't die for your sins. Jesus died to reconcile you with the Father. Yep. And your yep. sins were just standing in the way of that. Yeah, you know. So it helps us understand true purpose. A lot of people think, oh, I get to go to heaven because I'm forgiven. Thank goodness for the blood of Jesus. And all that's true. But the point of being in heaven is not heaven. The point yeah. of being in heaven is to be with God. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's what we lost at the garden, and God wants to bring us back, you know, and, and if somebody's out there going "Where work, we find that in the Bible, I and mean, there's tons of places, but but Second Corinthians 5, you know, yeah, uh, talks about the reconciliation that God, through the blood of Jesus that he brings to us, we have been made right with God again, and that is the whole point, so yeah, I love talking about that, and in relationship to church and church culture church people what yeah. does it mean to even share the gospel you know i think sometimes uh Mar- my wife martha and i um we sometimes will run together or jog together or whatever and will it's kind of a debrief we'll talk and stuff while we're running and and I, one time i was just you know i'm like man it just feels like sometimes we even share the gospel with the wrong end goal like mm. we'll just be like, I mean, if we can get people to share the gospel, and that's another that's another topic, you know. Right. But if they are sharing the gospel, it's almost like okay, we got to get out there, we got to tell people about the gospel, so we can get them saved, and then they can go share the gospel, and then they can get other people saved, and then they can get share the gospel. And like, whoa, 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 whoa! What's the end goal of sharing yeah. the gospel? Is it to share the gospel again? Like, right. Well, the end goal is for to. For people to understand that God loves them and wants to be with, with them, them. In life. Yeah. and then because of that wonderful thing, you're gonna want to tell people about that. You're absolutely like, hey, to know what you're missing. God wants to be with you anyway. So you can see I'm passionate a little bit. No,
0: I I <laughs> love that. And and like if if anybody was leaving because of that, they would have left a long time ago because that's kind of like a main thing we talk about and on this oh. podcast. Even with the heartbeat of the authentic you in my book, I write about. Um, you know, if the only reason you know you're, you're you're you've came to Christ was because of where you're gonna go when you die, your salvation is not in the reconciliation with Jesus, it's in it's in your death, yeah. and and which is a bold statement to say. uh, but but the whole point of my book is like the authentic you is the one that God died for, that one that that He came. You're loved by Him, not the person like oh I'm woe is me. I said yeah. because nobody nobody dies for something that doesn't have value. Like we had value, and that's why Jesus came, so He can have us back into His life, and we can reconcile that. And so that's that's a uh, I love that. I love your passion for that too.
1: You know what's interesting? um, You know I've been using this 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 idea of authenticity for a long time. Yeah. Uh, one of the let's see here. Yeah, it's chapter two in Spark. Uh, that is it's basically the authenticity chapter for worship leaders musicians and all that but one of the things that's interesting and i bet you've talked about this on your podcast is that the word authenticity and the idea of authenticity has changed in the last 10 years yep for me when i'm thinking authentic i'm thinking like i want to be real and 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 i want to be what god has made me to be you know to me the authentic me is what God has created me to be, yep. which is uh, a man of God, you know, set apart for his kingdom, friend of God, servant of God, lover of God, obedient, all those things, right? But you have this kind of new definition of authenticity, and now authentic on um, authenticity is whatever I think that I am, right? Yep. It's the whole identity thing and say, well, if I want to be, because then you say, I want to be authentic. And People are like, oh, yeah, yeah, and they start to misunderstand what you mean. Yep, For them authenticity is just like, well, if I feel like I'm you know a, a microphone, then I am, and that's my authentic self. If yep. I feel like I'm a bird, then that's my authentic self, you know, yep. or if I feel like I'm you know, and we're getting we can go way down this path, right? Right, uh, you can get into homosexuality, you can get into uh, just a a man believing that he's a woman and all those things. Right. That's me being authentic. And, and I think, I'm sure you guys have talked about some. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like the, the UBU culture that we have is, and, and it, I mean, it stems out of the whole postmodern, you know, you know, your truth is your truth. My truth is my truth. And um, yeah, we do talk about that. And that's why I wanted to write that book because I, I strongly don't believe like, You be you is a thing. It's like, you know, you be who God said you are. You're a masterpiece. You're your chosen generation, a holy priesthood. That's what I talk about in my book. That's what we talk about on this podcast a lot. And, uh, and it's, and yeah, it's wonderful. So, um, as we're talking about that, I usually ask everybody on my podcast, uh, what does authenticity mean to you? I mean, we kind of talked about it, but like, if you could like make a solid like remark on authenticity for yourself, what would you say?
1: Well, one of the things that in that chapter two that, that I talk about, I go to Amos chapter five and, and in that passage, um, God is saying to the people, you know, he says "Away, am I'm, I, I'm, I hate, he literally used the word hate. I hate your show and your pretense. Yeah. Uh, all of your assemblies and your singing says away with your hymns of praise because they're only noise to my ears. Mm. and i'm like oh my goodness like to me this is like god's uh ultimate on authenticity passage because he's saying look you can sing the songs all day yeah. you can sing the right words all day you could be a pastor you could be a worship leader you could be uh, you know whatever label you have but if you're just singing the songs but not living the life yeah then that's inauthentic And one of the things that I talk about in there is, you know, nobody sets out to be inauthentic, right? You think about that, like, I'll I'll kind of joke about like, hey, uh," if I'm speaking somewhere, I'll be like, hey, man, anybody in the room Setting out to be lukewarm. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you're setting out to be lukewarm. You know, yeah. uh, raise your hand if you're setting out to be a Pharisee. Anybody want to be a Pharisee? Is that your goal? You know, right? Uh, raise your hand if you want to be married for 20 years and then leave your wife for another lover. Yeah, raise your hand. Anybody? You know, right. anybody want to get addicted to drugs? Anybody setting out? Is that your goal in life? You know, and of course that's dumb. Right. But It's true. Nobody sets out to be inauthentic. No one sets out to be any of those things yet people still end up there yeah so one of the challenges that you know because I I don't want to go I don't want to be one of those people I don't want to be a statistic and I'm not even saying that I'm beyond you know like I'm honest enough to say hey if I'm not careful I could also I mean if anybody can go down that path then anybody could go down that path yeah and so I when I teach on this stuff I'm like guys we've got to take a look I mean I you know there's a well-known leader that I knew fairly well. And I was just talking about from this weekend that, you know, just killed themselves. Uh, And how do you get to that place where you buy into that? When God says you're loved and you're cherished and you have life and you are, you know, surrounded by God's hand and his protection. How do you get to that place where you decide I have no value?
0: I, mm-hmm. It's not
1: worth living. You know, those are, that's a big, that's a long distance from what God says that I am. Yeah. But these, these little choices that we make that start taking us down that road. I think the last thing I'll say about all that is um, it feels like to me, it has an awful lot to do with where we put our eyes, where we put our focus. Uh, if we focus on anxiety, if we focus on uh you know, who the world says we are, if we focus on who we say we are, if we focus on my depression, if we focus on my circumstances, that's when things start to tumble. That's when we start to embrace and our minds begin to get darkened because the lies, we start to buy into the lies. Now, I'm not saying we can't like that anxiety or fear or worry that those things aren't real. Yeah. It's just that the Bible says we don't have to dwell in those things, you know? Yeah. So we say, okay, I feel anxious, so I'm going to lay this down at the foot of the cross, right? And I want to become the authentic me, which is filled with joy yeah. in the midst of my trials. It's not yeah. wishing the trials away. It's not ignoring the fact that I'm going through something difficult, but it's saying, in light of what's coming, just like Jesus said uh For the cross, he endured, or for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. cross, Yeah. Right. And that's what we're saying. You know, says in the Bible that our trials compared to the joys that we have ahead, the trials are nothing. Yeah. God isn't diminishing those trials and saying, Well, you're just a bunch of wimps. He's just saying, Trust me, trust me, bro. I've got you. You just persevere in my strength. And I have so much to offer you. So being, being, as you said, being what God has called me to be is the most fulfilling, most satisfying thing that I could ever be. Some people see that as, well, God's making me be, I mean, you know, welcome to the club. I mean, this is a phone. It's not a cup.
0: So if you decide
1: to use it as a cup, it's just not going to work. And so God has made me a certain way. And I can either say, well, I'm mad at God for that, or I can embrace it and become the best me that, that he wants me to be. And I'll be filled and joy filled.
0: Awesome. I love it. I love the, the focus thing, because um, again, my dad has this message on like um, the focus and what you're focusing on. And he talks about the spies getting sent out into the land and a bunch of people come back and talk about the giants and the others come about the grapes. And he's like, the problem he goes the thing is we always talk about the grapes and stuff he goes but they also saw the giants it's where their focus was yes they and 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 the guys who ran saying there's giants in the land they also saw the grapes but their focus was on the giants and where we have our focus is where we're going to see the victory in our own lives and so i love that
1: it's good i love your dad already man (laughs) yeah you
0: gotta meet him gotta meet him so um so with all that i want to um be able to plug your stuff, you know, yeah. obviously probably you can find your books and stuff on Amazon. Uh, yeah. You can. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I've So those two books, awakening, pure worship and spark. You can also go to my website. So jeffdo.com. Uh doesn't really matter to me where you get them. Uh, you can buy them from my website or you can, you know, there's a couple of differences. Number one, you can't get the signed copies on Amazon. Right. Uh, you can get the personalized signed copies from my website. Uh, it's probably a little more expensive on the website. You can get the discount and free shipping on Amazon, but right. you a personalized one. So you got that definitely on um, jeffdio.com. You can also check out some other resources, my tour schedule where I'm traveling. So if you're in a state where I'm at, man, come out, say hello, yeah. come worship with us or whatever. Um, I also have a worship leadership course. Okay. This is this is really important um because it I know everybody doesn't read books, you know. Yeah. Uh now this course is really meant for worship teams, like for a church to invest uh in their worship team. It's not necessarily the kind of course that one person buys. You right. can uh the cost is well, the, the, the normal cost is fifteen hundred dollars. There's fifty-one. Videos in the main session, four additional songwriting videos, uh, six additional videos where I uh, interview people like Sean Foyt and John Bevere and uh, different folks like that. Awesome. Uh, But if someone, a church or an individual wants to, I'll give you the secret code to get a thousand dollars off of that. Yeah, Uh, that basically is in the promo code is just my name, Jeff. Okay. Uh, so literally, if somebody wants, that'll take a thousand dollars off that. Then all of those videos, uh, which can be used by multiple people, you know, that's the whole point. Share yeah. them with your church worship team, all that stuff. Uh, then it's only like five hundred dollars. So it's a whole awesome. different ball game. But, but yeah, so those things, and of course, follow me on Instagram. I'm on Instagram quite a bit, uh, Twitter, and well, X, X. I guess, yeah, and, <laughs> and Facebook as well. If there's anybody out there that still does it, no. Uh, lots of adults they'll do Facebook. Right. I have not crossed over into any of the other ones. So I, I haven't either. So <laughs> that's as far as I'm going. And I will say this too. Um, I have had my podcast on pause for a while, but we do have 40 episodes that if awesome. people want to go back, it was tied to the name of the worship conference that I did. It's called the Pure Worship Podcast. Awesome. Pure Worship Podcast, the Pure Worship Podcast. Uh look that up and check us out. So yeah, that's how people get in touch with me.
0: Awesome, and you're are you still doing
1: music and stuff? I am. In fact, I am doing. I'm recording two new songs right now. Awesome. Uh, I was hoping to release one this fall. We'll see. Uh, I am definitely going to release two songs, whether it be one this fall, one this uh, winter, or both this like winter and spring. And then also, I am finishing up a children's book as well. I'm super super excited about. Uh, I think God's just got his hand on this thing. It's called roly poly and the quintessential quest. So, oh, I
0: love know. that. That's like, that's on my bucket list. of things to write as a children's book. I have like, I have no kids of my own yet, but I have yeah. nephews and a niece now. And I'm like, I got to write these guys a book. Yeah. Dude, it's so
1: good. I mean that, and it literally started from me just telling bedtime stories to my kids and like 98% of those stories were trash, but yeah there was a couple <laughs> that were really good. I'm like, okay, this is this is definitely God. I need to write these. So I found a really great illustrator and and uh, man, just really coming together. so I'm excited.
0: awesome. excited for that. Uh, so as well, as again, just thank you so much for taking the time with me and the the podcast. and uh it's been been an honor just to conversate and I'm encouraged as well. so I awesome. appreciate it. Hey, thanks, joseph
1: Hey, can I pray for us real quick? That'd be
0: know? amazing. Thank you so much.
1: Father, I just thank you so much for what you're doing in Josiah's life, uh, what you're doing through this Authentic Life podcast. But I pray that you would breathe on this thing Mm -hmm. and that people would be touched. Lord, we're not trying to make names for ourselves. I know Josiah is not trying to build a platform so he can feel good about himself. He already has you. And so Mm -hmm. he's the son of the King and he is full of your spirit. And so, but Lord, we have assignments from you. And I I believe this is one of the assignments you have for Josiah. And I pray that you would allow this podcast to reach people that, that the the word would start to get around and people would understand uh, that, that Josiah is someone who wants to help them grow and help them become who you have created them to be. So I pray you'd bless uh, this this episode here. I pray that you would bless Josiah. Just be with each of us as we're out there and doing what you've called us to do. Um, we thank you so much and we just praise you in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, thanks so much. Absolutely, man. Have a great day, Josiah. You too. Wow,
0: I hope you guys were just as inspired as as I was. Incredible. Um, just overall, I, I loved my conversation with Jeff. Um, it's a relationship I think is going to continue. Uh, definitely we're going to have him on again, probably in season three, we're going to talk about other things. Uh, I'm, I'm excited of what he is doing. I hope we get to connect in person some point. Uh, but amazing stuff that Jeff's doing. So, uh, yeah. Tune in next week where I have my best friend on, uh, Garrett Alapi. We're going to be just talking life. We're going to be talking, um, physical fitness. So tune in next week for that episode. Thanks. (laughs)